Let me tell you about Last Out Media. Last Out Media is a podcast studio located just over an hour away from the New York area. It has professional equipment, engineers, and coaches that'll make your show sound amazing. In fact, that's where I'm recording from right now. So if you want to improve your podcast, visit lastoutmedia.com. Coming up on New York Groove episode, I want to say 12, but it might be 13. I'm really not sure. I'm going on a little trip tomorrow, and I'm very excited to tell everyone about that. But more importantly, do you know what starts tonight? Do you know what starts tonight? What? Preseason football. It's a full slate of preseason football, but also we have a game being played in a cornfield between the Yankees and the White Sox playing wearing classic uniforms, along with Vince. It's always it's always fun to to bask in the glory of the Mets falling apart. We'll get into all that. Please hit the music. What an interesting choice of song. The trip I just mentioned, I'm going with two of my very good friends to Hershey Park tomorrow to see the Hella Mega Tour. It features Green Day headlining with Weezer and Fall Out Boy as the opening act. That I'm very excited for. Green Day, one of my favorite bands literally ever. Who doesn't like Green Day? Like, honestly, like, they have two major, unbelievably high-rated platinum albums in American Idiot and Dookie, but how could you not like Green Day? It's just classic, funky, kind of, like, move-your-body music. This song, Longview, off the album Dookie that came out in 94, three years before I was even born. But here's the more interesting part. I should lower it. Here's the more interesting part, Vince. I find it very strange that you picked this song. Do you know what this song's about? Uh, no. I I used to know that, but I'm an old man. But let, let's fade it out. Let's yeah, fade it out. We're getting and, out of there. We're getting out and of there. And let's explain to everyone what the song Longview is about. You know, I, I, you know, I, I was very interested because this is the first week I don't think I actually picked the song, and I came in and I said, Vince, you know what? A Green Day song. I wanted to see where you would go. I was testing you here. Yeah. And ah, you picked a song about masturbating. That's what that song is about. Well, look me in the eyes and let's talk that's, about it. That's what, yeah. that's what the song is yeah, about. Yeah, okay. It's just, you had to, right? Well, I'm not playing American Idiot. I'm sorry. I'm, it is I'm an so overplayed, tired. It is I, an overplayed hate, song. Yeah. They're actually opening with that tomorrow night, so it kind yeah, of... kill me. You know, but when masturbation's lost its fun, that's the, literally a lyric in the song. Well, yeah, bite my lip and close my eyes, take me away to paradise. Yeah, I, I, you're getting lines catchy. You're I'm figuring a bass it out. Player. No, you are a bass player. Can you play that on the, the bass? Mechanics. Can you play that on the bass? Uh, if you gave me a couple of minutes, I could figure that really? out Really? You could? Yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I used to be able, I played all the time. I mean, I've been playing, I've had a bass since uh, seventh grade. See, I know John Barchard, who's in the other room, plays the drums. We're going to have to get this going at some time. We're just going to have to three of us just show up to a bar one day, say, this is our night. We're playing tonight and just take over. Well, yeah. I mean, me and John are going to be at a bar literally every Sunday. Playing your bass? Well, we're going to be there. Playing one, his I don't drums? see why we can't do it one week. Who's going to stop John's it? in. John's giving question. me a if, thumbs up over the there. If you show up with a drum set, who is stopping you? That's the real question. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. Right? We're, no, we're totally going to. That should be the halftime show. We just play. We'll play music. Ballsy, but I like it. Speaking of which, you guys are doing, uh, before we get into the topics, because again, I want to discuss how the Yankees are are playing really well, actually, and, and the playoff push is still on. I'm excited for the parade. You're going to be there with me, I'm assuming, in uh, the Canyon of Heroes <laughs> in November, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. Mets are free-falling, so really, who can't be enjoying life right now? And 
we have to really get into what's going on with your team and, and the rest of the NFL because it's finally here. And I, I'm just, I can't be more excited. But but lastly, I want to mention, uh, uh, you guys are doing a show, right? from Live from a bar in the Philadelphia area uh, for yes. every Eagles game? Yeah, so uh, some of the that. details are yet to be announced. Oh, wow. We'll so I'm, I'm jumping yeah. the gun. No, that's okay. We've been putting it out there. We we have announced. We have a Twitter page, Instagram page. We're, we're on all the major Where social channels. Where can we find so, such yes, things? It is called Bell and the Birdmen. Wow, I yes. like it. It's a great name, and the logo is sick. I'll have to show you the logo. I'm very the excited to see so it. So look, I just look it up on on Twitter or, or uh, Instagram, Bell and the Birdman. But yeah, we're going to be doing that show every Sunday, and we're going to be doing that somewhere in the Philadelphia area. And we'll explain somewhere what. in the. But Philadelphia there's going to be a, a lot of uh, fun shenanigans. We want to just have a big, crazy, loud, busy, wild environment. Drinks you know, flowing everywhere, all that good stuff. I think we we have to make sure that I'm at one of these shows, especially when the Jets play the Eagles. There's going to be a lot of camaraderie going on. There's going to be a lot of back and forth, but we're going to have to make something happen here. I mean, we could invite you, but then that means I got to hang out with you more. I don't know. It's yeah, a, who would want, it's a, it's a who would big want ass. that? I don't know. Yeah, it's well, tough. well, a team that no one really wants to watch. Uh, they're playing the Eagles later in the year. NFC East is on their schedule. Let's get into it. The New York Jets. Okay? All right. A team that I find myself a fan of, and it's it's an interesting year going in. You, new head coach, new regime, new quarterback. Right. Here's the thing. We have all of these people overreacting constantly to football. Uh, Training camp is the most exciting thing for football because it's finally back and finally here. And it feels like we waited for so long. Here's the problem. Don't overreact to what happens in training camp. Please, for the love of God, the kid has not played in a single preseason game yet. He literally hasn't taken a snap yet. And people are saying he's Johnny Manziel (laughs) 2.0 and he's already a bust. I mean, it is it is out of this world incredible what I've seen. Okay, let me explain first of all. Intangibles, okay? This kid throws the ball way further than Johnny Manziel ever could have threw the ball. Has more zip on the ball than Johnny Manziel ever could have had on the ball. And here's the thing too, Vince. His accuracy on the run. All things that coming out of the draft, people complained about Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel made incredible plays out of the pocket in college and moving around, but he was never accused of being accurate outside of the pocket. Never accused of having good velocity on the ball and certainly never accused of being able to get the ball downfield very far, which were all reasons why you could have been suspect when he was coming into the NFL. But if you want to look at Zach Wilson and say the same thing, you simply can't. If you look at this kid... In basketball shorts on a football field, he can do it. Now, it's it's a whole other game when, when, when they say hut, hut, hike, and it's time to snap the ball, and it's time to get going. Whole other game, yet to be seen, who the hell knows? Because Sam Darnold had all those attributes, too, and we know how that turned out. So who knows? But to say that this kid is going to be a bust already before he's taking a snap yet? I don't know if you saw his comments post uh, post game the other day at a press conference where someone asked him about a crappy performance he had in in a, a training camp session, right? And C.J. Mosley picked him off in the green and white scrimmage or whatever, right? And he literally responded with like the most mature answer I've ever heard a young quarterback give, who yet, again, may I remind you, has not taken a snap in the NFL yet, where he said, listen, Mosley picked me off on one of those plays. I was trying new things out. I'm just trying to see what works, what not works, so in a game, I know if I can attempt that throw or not. Now, I don't know what young quarterback you've seen a response like that for because I'll tell you this, Jameis Winston went first overall, what, six years ago? And he still wouldn't make that comment. No. So you're seeing maturity out of this kid beyond a lot of quarterbacks in the league already at this moment. 
that you're not seeing. But who cares about all that, right? Let's at least wait until this kid gets maybe four games under his belt, four regular season games under his belt. I mean, my God, I'd, I'd like to give him a season because, may I remind you, if you watch the ceremonies in Canton, Ohio earlier this week, right, who went into the Hall of Fame that was the big headliner? Who was, I'm going to see the Hella Mega Tour this weekend, right? Who was the Green Day, the headliner? Of Canton, Ohio last week. I don't like comparing him to Green Day, but it's Peyton Manning. It's Peyton Manning, yeah. okay? Look at Peyton Manning's first career year in the NFL. It's literally one of the statistically worst years in football history. He threw the most interceptions of any rookie ever in his first year. And this guy wound up becoming one of literally the most hard-to-pick-off quarterbacks in NFL history. One of the most accurate, every throw had a serious thought behind it quarterbacks you've ever seen. One of the more impressive, fun guys to watch every Sunday was Peyton Manning throughout his entire career. First ballot Hall of Famer. Not a single person can argue with you with that. And we're going to say after a training camp practice that Zach Wilson didn't play well in, that he's a bust, that he's Johnny Manziel 2.0. Which, by the way, if he gives me a Manziel senior year at Texas A&M season, I'll freaking take it with how bad Jets quarterbacks have been. But I digress. The Jets are going to be a hell of a lot better than a lot of people think. Hell of a lot better. You bring in a rah-rah coach like Robert Salah, and let me tell you this. I don't play a lot of, I don't give a lot of cost to how teams have historically done in situations. But I don't know if you've realized Every single year the Jets bring in a new head coach, first year, they generally either make the playoffs or come damn near close to making it. They always have great years under new head coaches. Now, that is a very kind of weird way to look at things, and there's no guarantee that even holds any credence to anything. But why is that not a reason to be optimistic? They went to the playoffs with Todd Bowles in year one, right? They went to the playoffs with Rex Ryan in year one. They went to the playoffs... I, with ever with the last, I believe the last five coaches in year one, that's not a reason for optimism. Adam Gase took you to a took you to a final week seventeen game, a winner, a winning your in game in week one in year one. Remember that one of the worst head coaches you've ever had in franchise history. New quarterback, I get it. A lot of reasons to be iffy, weird. Who knows how to feel, right? But may I remind you, if Carson Wentz doesn't tear his ACL coming out of a small school. He was the MVP that year. You can find quarterbacks out of smaller schools. I don't want to hear that the BYU kid, because he's not playing a top competition, can't be this NFL-type talent. Absolutely can. Absolutely will be. Because when I watch him and I see the intangibles and I see how this roster is built compared to how Sam Darnold came into his built roster, this is a hell of a lot of more of a talented team. Guys like Elijah Moore, the weapons that you have, Denzel Mims, all coming into their own, including a defense that is far better than it's been in years past, with an offensive line that's finally had time to be built by Joe Douglas, I'm sorry. When I watch, when I look at all of those things when it comes to the build of the roster, combined with the fact that your NFC slate of games this year goes to the NFC East, which is probably the worst, uh, weakest division in the NFL, tell me the Jets aren't going to be at least exciting to watch, at least interesting to watch. And how about this? Tell me there's a chance that they go under six, which is what their line is in Vegas. Ooh. 
Six? I, it's tough because I don't know the schedule, but I, I will say this. One, they're totally going to be fun. They're totally going to be interesting because Wilson, having mobility, having an offensive line, they signed Corey Davis, the, the coaching staff, like you said, there's enough things you look at the Jets and go, yes, this team is going to be worth watching on a Sunday. Are they going to win more than they lose? No, they're probably not. But they're going to be. you're going to have your time well spent when you're watching three hours of Jets football on a Sunday. So I think that's going to be all right. Your problem is the division is pretty good. Patriots pretty good, Bills pretty good, Dolphins pretty good. So that's the thing that kills you. But if the division's great, so be it. As lo- you want to just see signs. You want to see Zach Wilson be competent. You want to see the offensive line look good and that Sala knows what he's doing. Here's what I, I have been saying for weeks on what you want to see, a model of what you want to see out of a first-year rookie quarterback. Here's what you want to see. You want to see Justin Herbert. Doesn't really matter whether your team wins. Not expecting a playoff position. None of that matters. You just want to see this kid come in and light it up and give you excitement. How exciting are how excited are Chargers fans right now for the season to start? Oh yeah, to watch their guy. Oh yeah, that's all you're looking for. Give me that. I don't need a playoff team. I just want to know that my quarterback has it figured out. You know, I, I think we're gonna go. It's very interesting, Vince. I came in and you come in, and you prep for your show all the time, right? And 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 you, and you you have ideas of what you want to talk about. And I was gonna go Jets and Giants this week, but I think we're gonna do Giants next week because there's more. There, they, we could break. We could spend a lot of time on each team. So we're gonna give you the Giants next week. We'll give you Jet all Jets this week, and I, I want to dive more into AFC East now because you brought that up, and that's very fascinating to me. I don't think you can argue with me that the Bills are the top team in that division, right? The Bills are the competition in that division. Oh yeah, you signed Allen to that long term deal. And you just got to like the way that roster is built. You got to like the way that team looks. It's There's a lot of cohesiveness there. The coaching is just outstanding. That's a team that's scary. Another team I'm, I'm playing the over on, by the way. 11 and a half out of Vegas. I'm sorry. Sign me up. If they go 12 and 5, that's a bad year for them, in my opinion. 12 and 5 does sound weird. I know. 17 game schedules. Remember, people. But if they go 13 and 4, 12 and 5, 12 and 5 is an upsetting year for them. It is. I'm sorry. I'm looking at 13 and 4. I'm looking at 14 and 3. That's the kind of year I'm, I'm expecting out of Buffalo. Especially when you give Josh Allen a deal like that. I need to see that out of him. And I believe in Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the real deal. Josh Allen's fun to watch. By the way, another quarterback taken out of a small school, but I digress. Those guys can't succeed, apparently, is another narrative that's come out of New York this, this week. Because Josh, because because Wilson came out of BYU. He can't succeed. Weak. Weak. Yeah. Pathetic. Uh Steve McNair. Alcorn State, the powerhouse that is Alcorn we could just, State. We could just go all day with quarterbacks that have come out of, out of, out of, out of low-time schools. It doesn't really matter. It's just ridiculous. Now, here's a team that's very interesting out of two more teams in the AFC East that I find fascinating. Bills are running away with this division. They just are. I'm sorry if you're a Dolphin or a Patriot fan or a delusional Jets fan. Bills are running away with this division. I will say this. An exciting point that I need to make that, that I've been generally, like, literally waiting my entire life to make this point. My entire lifetime since I've been born, I have been waiting to give this take. Literally. Not knowing that I was going to do sports radio for a living. Not knowing in the womb of my mother that I was going to be a sports radio host one day. I was dialing up this take. I was getting ready to formulate this take. And it's finally, I just turned 24 years old. Some people would say around the world, I'm still wet behind the years. But I've been formulating this take for that many years. 
the New England Patriots will suck this year. They will not be good. You may want to sit here and argue Bill Belichick, and that's fine. Let me remind you, the best coaches in history of sports do not succeed without talent on their roster. The best quarterbacks in the history, the best coaches in the history of sports do not succeed without extremely talented quarterbacks on their roster, which is something the New England Patriots don't have. If you watched Cam Newton last season and believed that he has an ounce of juice left in the tank, you are the D-word. Delusional. You are completely lost. I don't know if you feel the same way, Vince, but he came out like a firecracker last year, Cam Newton. Played really well for the first four games and then was garbage the rest of the year. Horrifying. Now, I know a lot of guys took off for COVID last year with them, but they are a year older. They are not quite motivated if you've seen quotes out of camp from them. And there is just a different feel around that team. Everybody on the planet is afraid to say they are not going to be good. Everyone, because it's the Patriots. How do you count Bill Belichick out, right? I'm doing it right freaking now, damn it. Bills are way better. Finns are way better. They're on par with the rest of the NFC East, the Patriots. That's where, they're, that's where they are. The Giants will give them a battle. The Eagles will give them a battle. The Cowboys will give them a battle. The football team will give them a battle. That team is not very good. That team may win five, six games this year. And it's going to be shocking and world-revealing when Bill Belichick finally doesn't have a winning season or a subpar season, right? Everyone's going to freak out. But the amount of credit Patriots, the Patriots are getting, am I crazy here to think that they're getting way too much credit coming into this year? Was I the only one that watched Cam Newton barely able to finish the season last year? Looked like total crap from week five on. Am I the only one that saw that? I can't be, right? You saw it too, right? No, you're an idiot. Um, the Patriots are going to be very good this year. No, they're not. I, I completely disagree with you. Because here's the thing. They had more players out last season because of COVID than Don't anybody care. else. Don't care. Well, all of those, care about all of those guys are now a year older. Okay, but that was, their, that was their whole defense. Like, their defense just didn't exist last but, year. Okay. They had no pass-catching options whatsoever. What team? Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. Uh, they signed a couple of receivers. Like, they they added weapons. They added something What to the do those offense. weapons mean when you have a quarterback that can't throw the ball 15 yards down the field. Well, now these are tight ends. They can catch the bar within 15 yards. They have weapons that work. That's going to help. That's going to help them win in, the, yes. in, in a division that you already said is very tough. Who was catching the ball on that team last year? Who's catching the ball on the team this year? They, they Hunter not, Henry makes yes. that much of a difference. Hunter Henry. Jonu Smith, Smith makes that much of have a difference. Have you seen Jonu Smith? That makes that much of a difference to you? He's a high-quality tight end. That With matters. a high-quality tight end that you were on, that without a quarterback that can't get the ball to him. Now, if you're going to give me the point that Mac Jones is playing early in the year, I can maybe sympathize with you. But with a team with not a great offensive line, definitely not a great defensive front, you're going to give me two tight ends? Is going to be two tight ends in a sport now where the field is spread out and we're all about going downfield. With a quarterback who can't throw the ball over 20 yards down the field, you're going to make a case that that team in a division, let, let me tell you, with great defenses. Yeah. All three other their, their opponents, a division, and the NFC portion of their schedule has pretty good defenses too. 
The Giants are going to be way better on defense. Washington is awesome on defense. The Cowboys, who cares? But the Eagles are also pretty decent on defense. I like hearing that. They're not going to be good. The Patriots are not going to be good. You know, because I, I, I get it. I see where you're coming from because it's so hard. Because, again, like I was just saying, my entire life livelihood is revolving around the Patriots being an automatic 10 wins every year. So it's hard to be that person that comes out and immediately says, they will not be good this year. But as I restated, they will not be good this year. There's, you have to look at schedules in the NFL. That is a major part of your season, of your opponent's it's not like baseball where you play the same teams at some point throughout the year. This is huge. And especially, you're the, uh, the best team in the world only goes as far as its quarterback. It's just like baseball. You're only as good as your starting pitcher. You are. You're only as good as your starting pitcher. And what did Cam Newton do last year that proved to you that even with two semi-elite tight ends, I'll give you Jonu Smith, but Hunter Henry has not had an elite year in three or four years. Well, he's hurt all the time, and he's hurt again. So, I'm sorry. In a league where it's all about spreading the field out, they have no outside wide receiver help of elite talent level. If you can name one of their guys that are an elite talent level that you really trust. Yeah, they don't have an elite wide receiver. They don't have an elite wide receiver in a sport where it's all about spreading the field and going downfield with a quarterback who, I'm sorry, literally can't throw a dime more than 20 yards down the field. Well, yeah, he can't. But it, but here's the thing with so the what, Patriots. In, in today's model, if Cam yes. Newton's playing in the 70s, I give you, they could be an awesome yes. team. Great tight ends, decent running game. They could be a competitive team. But in today's way of playing football, what shows you that they're going to be a good team? Well, they're not going to play like today's way of football. That's the thing. The team is then not you're not going like to succeed. That. They got seven wins last year then with you, nobody. Then you will not they succeed. They benched Cam what three or four times last year, and they still got seven wins. That's an eight, nine, ten win team. No, it's they're not, not going to win anything. They're not good enough to win. I don't anything, know how you see it. I think I think you're just I, it's obvious. You're molded to believe that they're going to be good. Now, the last team I want to get into before uh, we get to our guest, who's going to be John Clayton, the famous ESPN guy that we are definitely going to don't worry, definitely going to ask him about the Iron Maiden commercial. Got to get to that. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm intrigued. Genuinely. Like, they are a weird team. Xavier uh, Howard coming back is massive for them. I don't think there's any hiding that. One of the top defensive players in the league. That was huge. You needed to bring him back. And I think him coming out and giving you that statement, definitely, he wasn't planning on leaving. He was planning on getting a contract extension. That's all that was about. I'll say this. They're going to be one of the more underwhelming teams in football this year. They just are. Because I'm going to give you this. I'm not a believer in Tua Tagovailoa. I'm just not. I don't see it. I don't see it. Now, if you're a Dolphins fan, you essentially have no choice at this point but to be optimistic. You have to believe in this kid. They went all in on this kid, and that's where you're at. So I'm fine with that if you're a Dolphins fan. For me, watching from an outside perspective, I don't see it. I don't see the arm strength. I see an extreme amount of hesitancy when it comes to getting out of the pocket because he's afraid to get hurt again with bigger, faster defensive players. I don't see him making special plays. He had to get taken out multiple times last year for Fitzpatrick. And I think the Dolphins actually handled it really well. And I love Brian Flores as a coach. I don't see it. That team, though, very well built. Where they were three years ago, wow. And they are the 
direct proof of how you can turn it around so super quick in the NFL. So quick. The, that's why it makes the NFL so good is the the constant back and forth of teams going from absolutely terrible to absolutely great year after year. You see it all the time. How many first-year playoff teams are playoff teams that weren't in the playoffs the year before do we see the next year? But you may think a different way, and there are a lot of people who do out there. I don't see it. The team may win 10 games because I believe the roster is that talented in Miami. The quarterback, just like in New England, is going to hold them back. He just is. Yeah. No, uh, you look at what the Dolphins have, and and for two, you're right. I mean, the biggest problem is he is scared to play quarterback. He just is. And what they tried to do to solve the problem was get all these receivers that stretch the field. If he's scared to throw the ball, He's not going down the field all the time. So if you have Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell, uh, Devontae Parker, all these guys, I mean, they are good, deep weapons, sure. He doesn't want to pull the trigger. So unless you found some way to magically unlock that, which I incredibly doubt, that team is stuck. Just going to prove, as usual, it's a lot easier to play quarterback in Alabama when you have five first-round picks on your offensive line. It just is. You're having a lot more time and a lot more confidence and a lot more elite receivers to find the ball. When you're in the NFL and the talent is a lot more evenly dispersed throughout the league, it becomes a lot more difficult to find your time and make your plays. And they're discovering that with Tua. I'd like to see him be really good. I really would. But with the eye test from what I saw in year one, I'm not seeing it. I'd love to see him make that leap. I didn't see enough. I didn't see him have that Justin Herbert year. I saw it out of Herbert. I didn't see it out of Tua. Up to our next guest, John Clayton. Been with ESPN for a long time. Not there anymore. He's living in Seattle, still covering the Seahawks. He's a Seattle-based guy. What a career the guy really had, right? He's going to give us a lot of NFL you know, intrigue and, and insight and everything like that. We'll go over what we've been going over pretty much this entire show so far. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I'm also really excited to ask him about the Iron Maiden uh, commercial. One of the, I will say, not even one of, the best This Is Sports Center commercial ever. New York Groove is brought to you by Galaxy Vinyl. Located in Old Bridge, New Jersey, Galaxy specializes in all automotive customization. It's one of the leaders in the car detailing business. Offering many options like vinyl wrap, window tinting, caliber painting, and powder coating, Galaxy Vinyl is the place to go if you want your car looking top of the line. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to head over to 1225 US Route 9 or give them a call. 732-527-4500. 732-527-4500. That's 732-527-4500. And they'll make your car look out of this world. Now, Vince, I wanted to go over a quick story. I had a lot of fun in the last week or so. We haven't had you on the show recently. As you know, my cousin from Ireland has been in the United States this summer. And it's been a hell of a lot of fun showing her around, taking her different places and everything. She loves roller coasters. Girl loves Roller coasters. Yeah. And, I, and I wanted to tell this story because I, I genuinely like mean this with all my heart. I'm having so much fun taking this girl around. Like it is, it has been the highlight of my summer. Literally, it's been so much fun because, you know, not a lot of us in America actually know our ancestors over across in Europe. We know we have them. We just don't know who they are. So it's been an unbelievable amount of fun showing her different things. They have, I don't know if you were aware of this, one, count them one. You can count them all on one hand. 
in fact, you can count them on one finger, roller coasters in Ireland. There's one. There's only one. one. In the whole country. In the whole country. Oh my God. So she's been on that one and she's been to Disneyland in Paris with her boyfriend plenty of times, but she has not gotten to ride a ton of roller coasters in her lifetime. So guess where I took her two Mondays ago? Coney Island? No. Six Flags? Six Flags Great go. Adventure. And she had a ball. I've seen her twice since. She brings it up every time I see her. It, it was to the point where, you know when you're waiting on the roller coaster line and you know the ride comes back and they, they lift the, ch- the chains up and everyone gets off the ride and then they open that gate and you're allowed to finally walk through and get yourself in the ride? Every single time the coaster would come into the station and they were getting ready to open the gate, she had the biggest grin on her face like, l- like an eight-year-old. Like an eight-year-old. We met these girls online at uh, for King Dakka that she was conversing with who they were massive Eagles fans, these two girls. Like, big sports fans. So me and the girls are going back and forth, talking crap about the Phillies, talking crap about the Eagles. And I kid you not, my cousin from Ireland turns to me and says, why are they so obsessed with Eagles? I know it's the official bird of America, but why do they love Eagles so much? <laughs> Not familiar with American football, clearly, doesn't watch American football, or aware that the team in Philadelphia that plays American football is called the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles. But wow, like what a moment for me because they were both like, no, 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 the football team. I was like, the football team's called the Eagles. And she's like, oh, then she got it. Now, the best moment of the whole day, you would think after hearing all these things, I get to take her all along these rides. I bring her to like an American bar restaurant afterwards where she wanted to get shepherd's pie, but I was like, you don't get shepherd's pie, an Irish dish in America. No, that's a you mistake. Know, you know, it's like getting pizza in Paris. You know, just some things you just can't get in certain places. You don't get Chinese food in Sydney. So I was saying to her, don't get that. We had a great time. She got, she got French onion soup, a beer and French fries because she's on vacation all all, my, all summer, so she don't really care. But the, that's not even the best moment. A lot of great moments this entire time. We driving through, windows down, loud music, but walking in the parking lot. We're a show of takes, right? We give you opinions, hardcore, right? Her name is Claudia. You want to know the opinion Claudia has, Vince? I want to play this for you on my phone because I took a vi- I took a video of it. It's three seconds long. Okay, listen to her opinion. Okay, I hate Chris Paul. <laughs> yep, that's what I got out of her. She don't know that the Philadelphia football team plays is called the Eagles. She don't know what more than one roller coaster in a country looks like. She don't know that you don't order beer with soup. But you know what the fantastic Claudia does know. She knows that Chris Paul is overrated. Case closed. Take over. (laughs) You know, if I'm going to have anybody define and be the final say on American sports, it's going to be someone from Ireland. From southern Dublin. Yes, no, that's exactly who I'm going to to break That's the the corner of the world you go to for your NBA takes. In fact... I am going to notify every single loser out there that debates LeBron or Jordan to head straight to Southern Dublin because they got the answers there, baby. Boy, what a moment. 
probably my fa- I'm taking her to a baseball game in two weeks. She's going to see Yankees twins. What a matchup. So she's going to get to see that and learn baseball. But that was just the moment that I was so excited for. I poor hate girl. baseball. How it's great. Poor girl. Yeah, I know. How great is it? And with that, let's get on to our interview with, e- with NFL insider John Cleet. Happy to be joined by John Clayton on New York Groove. This is Brian McKeon. Um, John, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to talk to you about, because football's finally here. This is awesome. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, here it is. It's Thursday night. Got two games uh, going on. Uh, You get to see Bill Belichick, which is always a thrill. You get to see the Steelers. You get to see the Washington football team. No, it's good. And, of course, we have our first full weekend of football which is a good thing, and a lot of news breaking around the National Football League. Now, I got a question for you. We were just discussing in our first segment of the show with my producer, Vince, about pretty much the AFC East going all around, right? I'm I'm a believer. I don't see the Patriots having as good of a year as a lot of the optimism around the league is because I don't believe in Cam Newton. How do you see the Patriots this year? Do you think the roster is talented enough to get them through? I mean, right now, not to catch Buffalo. I mean, you know, maybe they can come close to getting Miami. Certainly, they're going to stay ahead of the Jets because the Jets aren't going to be very good at all. But in the end, I think that uh, you know uh, they'll be better. Uh, but I agree that Cam Newton right now is the big question mark. I mean, he was last year, and he you know didn't put any answers to it. I mean, because again, look at how few yards he threw for. I mean, he was more of a running quarterback, and he looked like an older quarterback. And so, if you go to Mac Jones at some point, then you know it's still going to be that uh, you know rookie experience that uh, is going to be sometimes a little bit difficult. But again, the one thing to their side is that you know, the defense is going to be better, particularly after many of the opt-outs came back. And then also offensively, I mean, this is you know, one of the more talented groups uh, of skilled players that they've had in some time. Because, I mean, they starved Tom Brady his last two years. They starved Cam Newton last year. But they have you know, two $12.5 million tight ends, you know, Nelson Aguilar. They've got Kendrick Bourne. So at least they have some weapons to be able to work with. But I, the question is going to be, can Cam Newton make that work? And I think it's a question. Are you viewing the AFC this year as a four-team race between the Bills, Browns, Ravens, and Chiefs? That's how I see it. I don't know if you think there's any other. Are you a big Dolphin believer? I don't see any other teams really competing much. No, no but again, it, it, it's four. But what you're looking at is that, uh, I mean, you got. I, I look at, you know, there's 11 playoff contenders in the AFC, and you don't see that right now in the NFC. And so like, I'm starting to look at this right now, particularly with the young quarterbacks that are in the AFC, uh, so much like it was back in the uh, early 2000s, you know, because you go back then and the AFC had Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And next thing you knew, they were you know, the, inter- uh, the interconference games. Uh, the AFC would win 44, the NFC 20, or it'd be you know, 40 and 24. And so I think it's going to be pretty one-sided, but then, I mean, you look at the fact that, uh, I mean, you've got two playoff-caliber teams. Mate, well, I, we have to see about Indianapolis right now because uh, they, they could be in big trouble. But Tennessee, that's a playoff-caliber team. I mean, Buffalo's a playoff-caliber team. Miami's a playoff-caliber team. I think you look at Kansas City, San, the, 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 the Chargers, and then also the, uh, the Broncos. I think you know, they, they could be wild-card contenders. And, you know, we can see where the, uh, the Patriots fit. But I think you've got 11 but you no, know, I think the main teams right now, uh, you know, you would have certainly Kansas City leading the pack. Then, I mean, Buffalo I think would be number two, and then you know, uh, Baltimore number three, Cleveland 
number three or four. And don't count out Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh still has a good defense and they still have Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I just think, so ben, I, think it's five. I just think Ben's done. I, I, I from his, his arm strength last year, I don't see it anymore. I don't, I don't see, and that offensive line. If if they can prove to me that they've made enough upgrades there to to make it good enough, but I don't see it with them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the offensive line is more of a concern than Ben because I mean, say what you want. I mean, Ben was coming off a very bad injury, and I know that from being on the sidelines when he got hurt in that first half against Seattle in Week Two two years ago. And uh, you know, you, you can see that uh, for whatever reason they didn't want him to throw the ball as hard as he usually does. But if you go back to that Indianapolis comeback and you watch one of the other comebacks that he had, I mean, he was throwing the ball pretty well. So I think he still has the ability to do it. They just have to open up the offense. And one of the things I think you're going to see this year, which I think is going to be good for Ben, maybe he won't like it, but again, I think it's going to be good for Ben, is the fact that you know he's going to, he's going to have a running game. Because remember, think about this last year. They go 11-0, and and it's like 11-0, uh, and and they had the worst running game in the National Football League. Now they got Najee Harris. Uh, they are going to make a commitment to run the ball, and I think that's going to help them out immensely. Going to what you mentioned with Seattle, that to me is the most intriguing division in the NFL this year, the NFC West. The, the four teams in that division could all be really good. And I think it kind of, it's actually a little unfortunate for the Cardinals because this is generally the year you'd want to see Kyler Murray make that jump. It's just his division is so tough, it's going to be impossible to make that jump. Do you see the Rams as the favorite in that division because of the Matt Stafford upgrade? Or is that division no. generally up for grabs? No, I mean, certainly. I just I just wrote uh, for the Washington Post a big Rams story on the Matthew Stafford uh, trade and you know what they are. But I think Seattle still has the edge. I mean, Seattle, I know that they lost the playoff game to the Rams last year, lost two out of three to the Rams. But you know their offense was stymied in the second half of the season, particularly against the cover two defense. So they fired... You know, Brian Schottenheimer, they bring in Shane Waldron, and Waldron comes in and he puts in the Rams offense. And I, I mean, I've, I've watched it enough in practice because I, you know, I, I live in Seattle and I cover, you know, as much as I can on the team. And they look good. And so where I think they have the edge is that nobody's giving them credit for, you know, Russell Wilson, and he's the best quarterback in the division. I mean, they've got the, one of the best wide receiver duos in the National Football League in DK Metcalf and uh, TJ Lockett. I mean, they get no credit on the defense, you know, uh, because they they think it's two years ago and they had 28 sacks. But if you watch the second half of the season, they were one of the best sack teams in the league, particularly after they picked up Carlos Dunlap, because Dunlap came in and you know he got them energized and they even added to it because now they were able to get Kerry Hyder as a defensive end. You know, uh, Daryl Taylor, the second round pick from a year ago, he didn't play and he's an exceptional pass rusher. They got Alton Robinson. And so, no, I think what you're looking at right now is that the slight edge, and I say it's slight because again, these teams are so good. And I do think San Francisco is going to bounce back is that, uh, you know, you do have four teams right now that have the capability of winning eight to 11 games. And that's an amazing division. It's going to be really exciting. Two more from John Clayton, who's my guest, John, uh, in Houston, is there a legitimate chance now Deshaun Watson winds up playing this year, or is are they just holding it out until they suspend him inevitably? No, I just I, I don't see. I mean, I think he could play this year because again, I don't know because again, figuring out a Roger Goodell penalty is impossible because there's no consistency to it. It's on an each case basis, and so uh, you know. And remember, you know, this the 22 lawsuits. Nothing is going to happen until next year. I mean, he's not even going to be deposed until February 22nd. The cases are going to go, you know, from May until July. 
And so it's like, uh, you know, they could take, he could take the position, Roger, and say, okay, we're not going to do the uh, commissioner exemplist because right now, you know, we don't know what's true and we don't know what's not true. Now, they've investigated. That investigation may lead to something, but right now you just don't know. But uh, I, the one thing I know for sure uh, is that he's not going to play for the Houston Texans. I mean, he's going to wait some kind of a trade, or, and if not, he's going to just you know, do what he's doing right now. He goes out, put the uniform on, then after the seventh play or so, he'll go back in a locker room. Interesting. So, so you believe that if he's not on the exempt list coming into this season, he's not going to play? He's just going to sit out? I, mean, I don't know how he's going to do it because he's going to get he's going to lose a lot of money. But uh, you know, uh, at this stage, I mean, you know, I, I can because the, the, you know when we're talking trade, I mean, there's two teams, one this year and one next year, and maybe others next year that are going to be involved. Philadelphia is going to be involved, you know, because I, I you know they have the ability to give the three first round picks. You know, they have other things that they could give up, and they you know, certainly have had the past where they went ahead and uh, you know they they did. He'll bring in Michael Vick after he came out of jail. So I think they're willing to take that chance. Howie Roseman's a very aggressive guy. So I can still see that happening. But I just right now, everything you can talk to any of the Houston beat writers and they say he's not going to play for Houston this year. Wow. Fascinating stuff. Uh, One last question that I really need to get to because I I just uh, ever since, you know, I was young and, and everyone was young, we've all been obsessed with the This Is Sports Center commercial. Where, 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 you know, you pull your hair back and scream down to your mom and you're eating the ramen and everything. And it's just, it's one of the all-time commercials. It's, in my view, the best This Is Sports Center commercial there was. Take me back to, to filming that. And is that really your music taste or no? Well, I mean, yeah, certainly. I mean, there's no doubt that I like heavy metal. I mean, it's like, it may not be my favorite because you know, I grew up in Braddock, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, kind of a ghetto type of town in, in the steel mill area. And uh, so I grew up on funk. And so it's like funk is my favorite, but you know, you know, when you like music, you like music. I mean, I hate country, so it's like I'm not going to listen to country all oh, that man. stuff. But but again, with, with uh, what what it came up to is that you know they had 65 people shooting this commercial because they thought it was going to be the best one they've ever done. Like I I don't have much hair as you know, but I had two hairdressers you know to take care of my hair in the commercial. And so it's like that was that was fascinating. And then after we you know we took 22 takes. And by the 10th one, they were completely happy. And then we just started improvising and doing 12 takes, which is, you know, you can go on uh, YouTube and find the outtakes uh, and, and see those because they're all different because, again, they're not tied to the script or what we're doing with the commercial. But the great part is when we got to uh, put that on the air, uh, ESPN liked it so much that what they did is that they scheduled a vote-in show so that you can vote in and see the best commercial. Okay. And of course you vote, voted in over several weeks. They put it online and all those different things. And so uh, stupid me with 1.5 million followers on Twitter, I didn't tweet out to vote for me. Cause that's just not my nature. I'm, um, you know, I uh, don't like to promote myself that much, uh-huh. but then, uh, you know, Jay Z who has 3 million followers uh, kept on plugging the Robinson Cano commercial. And so it's like uh you know, so Cano ended up uh, with the three million followers, you know, beating me out. I, I mean, I finished second, he finished first, but, uh, you know, I still think that everybody agrees or at least thinks that that's the best commercial they've ever done. Oh my God. It's not even close in my opinion. It's the, it's the best. This is sports center commercial. His name's John Clayton, long time with ESPN and he's the prominent football mind 
out there, out of Seattle. John, thank you so much for joining me. Okay, thanks. That'll do it for episode 12 of New York Groove. I want to thank my esteemed producer who I guess his ego was finally kept in check and he was able to return to studio finally after two weeks off. Vince Quinn, he's back. He's he's better than ever. He's, he's back. He's enjoying the Phillies that are now in first place. The Mets have collapsed. So Vince is having a really good, good moment and a good week. So I want to thank Vince Quinn as always. Remember, as always on New York Groove, you got to tell. Your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, your godmother, your godfather, maybe your brothers and sisters, and even your grandchildren, if you got them and you're listening, to download, rate, and subscribe New York Groove as always. Vince, some food for thought on the way out. You know how there's that tradition where you save a piece of your wedding cake for good luck? Well, some people take it a little too far. They have saved select pieces of wedding cake from the 1981 wedding of... Prince Charles and Princess Diana. They sold a piece of that wedding cake in an auction for $2,500. I can think of way better things to spend $2,500 on. Definitely not an old piece of stale cake that honestly looks like a book. It's so disgusting looking, this photo, if you saw it. It is the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. Vince, now, it's $2,500 to purchase the piece of cake. How much money would I have to give you to take a bite out of the piece of cake? That'll do it for episode 12. Okay.